and welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. Well, it's Monday, 28th of November 2016, and in my part of the UK, it is a beautiful day. Not a cloud in the sky. Woke up to a crisp morning, and I gather it's going to be like that for a day or two, so uh, really looking forward to that. Are you one of the people who have been over to whensmytime.com forward slash help and told me how you want to, the future of When's My Time to, to develop? Because if that is you, I, I want to say thank you very much indeed. And if you haven't been over there yet, why not? Look, I really want to urge you to do that because you have the opportunity to shape the whole future of When's My Time, how it looks in the future. Because this is here for you. I may have started this as a bit of a vanity project, but it's taken off. We're now in 37 countries. 37 countries worldwide people are listening to this podcast. And I can't tell you how amazing and humbling that is. Because, look, I only started recording this uh, back in June. So if you've been with me right from the start, we've only been together less than six months now, which is fantastic. And thank you so much indeed for sticking with me. But I want to be sure that the when's my time message is relevant to you. I I know inside me what I want it to be, but it has to be relevant to you. So if you head over to whensmytime.com forward slash help, you'll find there there's a handful of questions that you can answer and you can influence the way the whole when's my time project develops. Okay, last week it was um, Thanksgiving in the US. And um, in fact, I think it was Friday that I went on a little bit of a rant because here in the UK, we don't have Thanksgiving. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because the vast majority of uh, the listeners to this podcast are in the US. But here in the UK, we don't have Thanksgiving. But one thing that we do now have and have had over the last couple of years or so is Black Friday. And, um, well, go back to the previous podcast, which I think was podcast number 119, and you'll listen, you'll be able to hear what I I have to say about that. But the bottom line is, we we had a choice of two things we could import from the US to the UK. We had Thanksgiving or Black Friday. We chose Black Friday. Now, you can probably guess what I think about that. Anyway, what that means is we don't have a recognised day over here in the UK where we sit back and ponder and, and are just thankful about things. And I want to take the opportunity today to talk about something I'm immensely grateful for that happened more than 30 years ago. uh, Forgive me, it may get a little bit emotional. I sometimes do when I tell this story, but it was something that that clearly, as I'm asking you to affect the future of the When's My Time project, this affected my future enormously. So I'm going back to February 1985. I'd been, well, I was then, I was working with a retailer. I won't go into it again, but I had 12 years with this retailer and I hated every single minute of it. And that's part of what's behind the whole When's My Time project. But anyway, Carol was expecting our first son and she was due to give birth in a few days. I'd been up since about six o'clock, I think, that morning. And uh, we, I'd just gone to bed. Uh, it was a Tuesday. I'd just gone to bed. I'd been up since six, as I say. And Carol came into the room and said, I think things are starting. Now, believe it or not, back in those days, I didn't used to drive. 
I rode a motorcycle. And um, so I went to our neighbours uh, and knocked on the knocked on the neighbour's door. No, forgive me. We, we, we phoned the hospital first and they said, come in straight away. And uh, so I went and knocked on the neighbour's door and the neighbour, uh, she very kindly drove me and Carol, more importantly, over to the hospital, which was about 10, 10 12 miles away, I think, if memory serves me correct. And they checked Carol out and they said, well, yeah, things are starting, but we're still at very early stages. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep you here overnight, Carol, and you, Ozzy, you can go home and, and get some sleep. <laughs> and I thought, get some sleep. Are you crazy? But they insisted that I went home. So home I came and had a, a, a very uh, lonely night on my own, sort of pacing the floor, thinking. I mean, it was it was literally just like one of the old nineteen fifties movies. You know, I was I was I did. I did try to get some sleep, but it wasn't happening. So I was sort of pacing the floor, waiting till the earliest time I could telephone the hospital and say, and then, you know, say, yep, come in. So I did that. And I was back at the hospital by about, I think about nine. They wouldn't let me in very early in the morning because everybody was having breakfast and that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think sort of nine or ten the following morning I was uh, I was there. And... Um, we were there for an awfully long time because Carol still hadn't progressed very far. I'm not going to go into all the details, but Carol hadn't progressed very far. So they said, well, I tell you what, one of the things that might get things going is sort of just walking around a little bit. So I was walking around with Carol very, very heavily pregnant at this time, obviously. So I was helping her walk around and then they said, well, how about having a bath? And so we tried that and all this sort of stuff. Now, the thing I must stress about Carol is that she, and we're going back to the, the 80s, and this was a big thing at the time, um, she really, really wanted a natural childbirth. Um, she didn't want any gas and air, she didn't want any drugs, she didn't want any anything. She just wanted a natural childbirth. Uh, and I supported her in that. You know, I, I thought that was the right thing to do. But anyway, it got to, I think, sort of, mid-afternoon and things were still not going and they said well look you know we're, we're going to have to move things a lot along a little here and carol and i really didn't want that carol particularly but she agreed eventually that yeah that they, they could give us some injection or a pill or something that would help things going on I, forgive me after 30 odd years i can't quite remember this and um that sort of got things moving but um a few hours later we still there was, still wasn't any great progress. And in the meantime, they'd given her gas and air and all this sort of stuff, and uh, it still wasn't going. And it was getting into the late evening, and the, by now we were in a, a, a room on our own, um, and they'd hooked Carol and the baby up to all sorts of monitors. And... Carol was clearly getting exhausted by now. I, I was tired. Look, I'd been up since six o'clock the previous day. But I wasn't going through what Carol was going through. I mean, I was exhausted. So God knows what Carol felt like. And so things were not progressing well. And eventually the monitor on the baby was surreptitiously turned away from Carol. I could see it. I could see it. I was sat there and could see it. 
but it was turned away from Carol, and I could see it was getting weaker. Fortunately, I didn't have the beep, beep, beep thing going. And the doctor and the nurses were starting to move with that. You know, that sort of urgency, that unhurried, but urgent movement and trying to be businesslike about everything. But you could see that there was, a, there was a definitely a change of mood. Anyway, they decided that um, they needed to probably uh, move on this a little quicker. Um, and, and the one thing that Carol really didn't want was a, a general anaesthetic. So they agreed that they would try an epidural. And uh, they got a student doctor in, and she completely botched it. I completely botched it. Well, no, in fairness, Carol's okay now. If she'd completely botched it, Carol wouldn't be. Um, but Carol was in some distress now, and I could see towards the end there was no response on the baby monitor. So the doctor took over and said, nope, sorry, what's going to happen now is we're going to take you down to the theatre and we're going to have to put you out. The baby needs to come out and needs to come out now. So Carol had gone from wanting to have a natural childbirth all the way through everything, through the sort of induction, through the um, gas and air. She'd been given gas and air before that, which she didn't want. She'd been given an epidural, which she didn't want. And now she was going to be given a general anaesthetic and an emergency Caesar. Because what Carol didn't know, as I say, I could see it on the monitor, but what Carol didn't know is there was no response from the baby now. There was nothing. There was nothing. So by this time, I'll be honest, I was thinking, just save Carol. Just save Carol. Because it, we've lost the baby. There's been no response on the monitor for a long time. Just, I, I need my girl. So they prepped Carol to go down to the theatre. And then they told me that I couldn't go in with her. I said, you're crazy. I've got to be with her. I said, no, no, no. The reason you can't go in with her is now approaching 2am and there aren't enough staff on at this time of the day for us to look after you if at one sight of blood you keel over. So our focus has to be on Carol now. So you go and sit in this room over here and we'll call you when it's all done. And so that's what happened. I mean, I, I couldn't... I, I, clearly, they were right. The focus had to be on Carol. Had to be on Carol. So I was led into a room. And it was uh, a, a, a typical waiting room type thing, but there was... I think there was only one book in there. You know, I was looking... I was sort of kicking around looking for what to... There's only one book in there. It was, it was the Bible, and that sort of tells you the type of circumstances that people are taking into that room. So I was left in there for, I think it was about an hour, an hour and a half. And I can tell you that was the longest hour and a half I've ever had. It felt like I was in there for months. And then there was a knock on the door. And a nurse came to the door. And said to me, and I, I, look, I, I was just thinking, Tell me that Carol's okay. Tell me that Carol's okay. And the nurse said, Would you like to come and meet your son? And 
even now I can feel what that felt like. I could not believe it. Would you like to come and meet your son? And so that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that I've got a son. I'm grateful that I've got a wife. And I'm grateful that I've got another son as well. Because had we been born, had Carol and I been born 50 or 100 years earlier, none of that would be true. I'd most likely have lost Carol and her first baby. And of course, if I'd lost Carol, there'd been no second baby. So I'm grateful for the fact that I live in a time where I've got my family. Because if I'd been born at any other time, or indeed if I'd born somewhere where today such healthcare isn't readily available, I'd have none of that. So I thought on this beautiful Monday morning, I'd just share that with you. I'd share with you what I'm grateful for every single day. They were incredible words. Would you like to come and meet your son? Thank you for listening. It's been a very emotional one today, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I hope it's helped. If it has, head over to iTunes, subscribe. You won't miss another episode. They're not all like this. I can tell you if this is the first one you've listened to, they're not all like this at all. But I just wanted to share that very important story. Important to me. Okay, but it's my podcast. That very important story with you. So thank you for listening. Head over to iTunes, subscribe, leave me a review and leave me a bunch of stars as well because that way that will help this podcast rise in the rankings and more people will get to hear it. And look, we want to spread this out. We're already in 37 countries. I would love it to be in more. I'd love it to be in 100. But I can't do that without your help. So I hope you'll help me get in that message out there. And I hope you will help with the shaping of When's My Time's future. So remember, you can do that by heading over to whensmytime.com forward slash help. I'll be back again soon. I've been Ozzy Air, founder of whensmytime.com. And I'm here to tell you, your time is now.